Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you. We thank you so much that you love us. <laughs> you love us so much, Father. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's what we say, Lord. We say thank you. Thank you so, 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 so much, Lord. Oh, you are the best. The absolute best. <laughs> Father, I want to thank you for the spirit of wisdom, for the spirit of revelation, and for understanding, Lord. I ask for the spirit of understanding, Lord, to be in our hearts unfolding, bringing light, showing things to us, revealing things. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so, 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 so much. Oh, Lord. Whew. Good morning, everybody. It's nice to see you all. Thank you, Father. Just take a big, deep breath. Thank him for the eyes of your understanding. Thank him that you've got internal eyes, inner eyes, just like you've got an inner man. In a woman. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Look at someone and smile. Put on the best smile you've ever seen. You all need a little smile this morning. Okay. I know there's some people tuning in from around around the world as well, so good morning or good afternoon or wherever it is for you. Hello. It's nice to have you with us. Um, I'm going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 25, um, but I want to give a little bit of context first. And I'm going to try and keep on, I'm going to try and keep on cue. Now remember, you're not listening, you are listening in your mind, but you're listening in your spirit, okay? That's where you live from. You live from your spirit. You don't live from your mind, you live from your spirit. So you're going to listen in your spirit, out of your heart, okay? Yes, that's a baby. Lovely. <coughs> Beautiful baby. Um, I want to talk about kings and priests because that evidently is what we are. You are a king and a priest because according to what the father says, he has made you a king and a priest. So that's what you are. That's all right, isn't it? I mean, especially in light of view of 
you know, what's whenever the coronation was. In light of all of that, and I, I hope that people learnt something. Um, I mean, what a, what a spectacle. What pomp, pomp and circumstance. And what incredible promises the king made. God save the king, is what I say. God help the king. Because some of those promises, whoa, they're weighty, aren't they? What a responsibility. But you have a responsibility as well. You are a king and a priest. God has made you a king and a priest. According to Revelations chapter 1 and verse 6, that's what it says. That he's washed us in his wonderful blood. The life is in the blood. He's washed us in his life and cleansed us from all sin, from everything. And he has made us kings and priests before our God. So we have to learn how to be kings and priests before our God on the earth. So these are no regular Sunday services anymore. Forget all that. That's gone. Out the window. Gone. Forever. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's it. Wave goodbye to all those Sunday services that you thought, I'm just going to be there and just sit there and listen. No, no. You were made a king and a priest. And God is doing something wonderful on the inside of you. So this is what it says. Um, Revelation. We know that John had a revelation and it says that uh, Jesus is the ruler over all the kings of the earth. Isn't that wonderful? That's good to know, isn't it? Over all the kings of the earth, Jesus is the ruler. Isn't it? It also says this in Ephesians, that he's far, 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 far above all principalities and powers. Every principality and power, every darkness. And it also says this, uh, that above all names that are ever to be named... In heaven and on earth. Jesus is the king. Isn't it wonderful to know that? Hey, I think it's wonderful to know. In these days, that is the best thing ever. That Jesus is the king, the ruler of all the kings of the earth. Beautiful. So, he's made us kings and priests to God his father. And this is what he says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. It says that we are a chosen people and a royal priesthood. So we're a kingly priesthood. We're a royal priesthood. So, so what does it mean to be... I was asked this question many, many years ago uh, by Bryn, by a dear father of the faith, Bryn Jones. And he said, what does it mean to be a king and a priest? And we were laughing this morning because it's taken me about 25 years to find out. (laughs) But um, I I, I was thinking about this. What what does it really mean to be a king? And what does it really mean to be a priest on the earth right now? Especially in all the midst of everything that's going on. Because I don't know if you've noticed. But there's all sorts of things going on, isn't there? Has anyone noticed yet that there's things going on all over the earth? There's big things going on, isn't there? Just huge, huge things that we've never seen before. So we need to know how to, how to be in all of this that is happening. So I was sat thinking and just pondering about it. And I thought, I, I, want, I want to be the very best king and priest that I can be. 
on the earth. And it says this, doesn't it? It says that Jesus, um, Jesus is a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Do you remember that? That's what it says in Hebrews. It's all a bit, it's all wonderful. And we're going we're gonna to look into those things more and more. Um, but it says that, that Jesus was made a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Well, Melchizedek, I don't know if you know the story, but this is what happened. I'm just put your seatbelts on, all right? And we'll take, a little, we'll take a little journey. Remember, in your spirit, you're listening in your spirit as well in your mind, okay? So just open up and go, okay, I'm listening. I want, I want, to, I want to learn, Lord, at your feet, okay? Because he is teaching us things that we already know. You're just getting reminded of it, okay? Right, right. That's, that's what we heard right at the beginning, wasn't it? That you already know everything on the inside of you because it's already there so this is just reminding you of things that you already know so in the order of melchizedek well melchizedek appeared there's a story about abraham so this is a long time ago story about abraham and he has a battle with five kings okay there's five kings surrounding him and he takes i think 300 men and because He's trusting God. Somehow, he gets the victory. But there's something about Abraham that knows God. He knows God. He trusts God. He has a real relationship with God. And somehow, Abraham pulls down onto the earth what is in heaven. And after this massive thing goes on, this guy called Melchizedek appears. And it says that Melchizedek has no father, no mother. He has no beginning, no end. And that he's made in the likeness of the Son of God, or the Son of Man. So this, this, this man, this priest, appears on the earth, and he blesses Abraham. Because Abraham has given to God a tenth of everything. Everything that he owns, everything that he has, he just wants to bless him because he realizes that God gave him the victory. That's what he realizes. So this Melchizedek appears on the earth and it's, he's, he's immortal, he's beyond earthly, he's heavenly. And after Jesus has done all that he's done for us, the writer to the Hebrews says that, Melchizedek, that Jesus is in the same order as Melchizedek. Which means that he's beyond earthly, he's heavenly. He's immortal. He's without days. Like you. Now listen to me. Like you. You are the same. You, you, all these years, all these years that we... we Somehow we believed an illusion that we are going to die. And dying means we're finished. That's it, the end. It doesn't, we're not, no one's going to die. You are immortal. You are an immortal person. Immortality is going to come upon us and is even now within us. Do you understand me? We're only, can we work, use that word, evolving into something more all the time. There's more glory, there's more strength, there's more life as we walk with Jesus. Everything in us tingles with life. Have you not felt it? 
That's Holy Ghost on the inside. He's in your DNA. He's in every construct of your being. You are immortal. You are not going to fall down dead and that's it. No, no. You'll be raised immediately. If you are raised, because some, some were told a whole generation will not be raised. They'll just be as they are. They'll just, wherever we're going, wherever that is. The unseen realm. Beautiful, huh? And it's gorgeous. But it says that Jesus was a priest in the order. And we're talking about kings and priests. He was a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And you too are part of this same order. You're part of the order of Melchizedek. Isn't that wonderful? Everything that Jesus has become is what you are and are becoming. Everything. Look unto Jesus, the author and perfecter. Everything that he has is what you have. Everything. Everything that God the Father has given him is yours right now. It's yours right now. Do you understand me? It's, it's already within us. And your spirit in you is longing for that. You know, I, sometimes I feel like, I was saying to someone the other day, I, f I feel like the, tree, uh, the trees are ready to explode in the glory. Honestly, I look at the flowers and I think, man, they're going to sing one day. No, really, they're going to sing one day. Everything is ready. All creation is groaning. Do you not feel the groan within you? There is a groan on the inside of you. And that groan is coming forth more and more. And your spirit being is becoming greater and more wonderful all the time. You are a spirit being who's got this tent that keeps you all together right now. But if you could see your spirit, as I've said many times, you know, something happens. Sometimes I can feel that my spirit goes out and it just fills this whole room. I can feel it. It's a wonderful thing. Because our spirit is much bigger than this body. Beautiful. Let's, let's carry on because I, I... So... Our identity and citizenship is heavenly. Do you understand me? I, pe people are nationalistic. I have been all over the world. There are people that love the nations that they are born in, and it's wonderful. And when, sometimes when I fly back into England, I think, oh, it's beautiful to be back home. There's something about it. I sense it. I love to be in England. But I see that people get caught up in their citizenship but you need to be caught up in the citizenship of heaven that is where we live you understand me there's something in us that lives in a different place and a lot of the time we're caught in this earthly realm and paul said of course in colossians didn't he, chapter three or verse chapter three verse three one to three he's talking about you were seated in heavenly places you were seated there. Your citizenship is heavenly. Okay? Yes, of course. You were born in England. Some of you, some of you were not. Uh, you were born in whatever country you were born in. And, and that's a wonderful thing. But your citizenship is in heaven. And it's fine to be nationalistic. But I tell you what, if nationalistic takes over where you're really from, you've got a problem. 
You understand me? Because we represent another kingdom coming to the earth. That's what we represent. So your citizenship is in heaven. We are in him. We're seated in him. And I, I know that wherever I go across the world, this is what I do. I'm an ambassador. I know that I'm ambassador. Do you understand me? I'm not, I'm not thinking that I might be an ambassador. I know I'm an ambassador. I know that I have more power and authority than any ambassador in that country. That's what I know. Do you understand me? Because my citizenship is from heaven. That is where I was given birth from. That's where I came from. And the Father has given me authority to be an ambassador across the world. And yes, there's certain spheres that that happens. But it's the same for you. But you've got to live in the reality of who you really are. This is not, do you understand me? We read it like a book as though it's like some kind of book that one day this is going to, no, no, today is the day. Not one day, today is the day. Today is the day that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are his voice. You are his hands and his feet. You are all of that right now. You are a citizen of heaven, a representative of the Father on the earth right now. That's the fact of your life. Now, whether you live in that fact or not is entirely up to you. But it's time that we all began to live as kings and priests on the earth. And I'm going to show you what that means. So just hang in. I know, it's, it's, but it's nice. And it, sometimes it's just nice to get a, a massive big download. It, yeah, so you walk out, you stagger out in the morning. Oh, he went on and on and on. Huh? But it was just good, huh? Bit of steak. Ooh. Huh? So anyway, okay. 1 Samuel 25, and we're going we're gonna to look at that, that, uh, that, that scripture. But it's about David. So King David and Abigail, a lady called Abigail. And you've got to just remember where David was, okay? So David... Saul was the king of Israel, but David had already been seen by uh, Samuel, who had anointed him to be the king. So he'd not yet been crowned, but he'd been appointed and anointed. And then we know what happened. Saul began to pursue him relentlessly. They were, they were following him everywhere. And in, a, in amongst all of that, David was also managing a deal with some of the enemies around. So not only is he being pursued by Saul, and the guy's throwing spears at him, you remember all of that. Not only is, it, is that happening, but he's also dealing with all the enemies of Israel. So, th so this is, and he's, he's having to move from place to place. And as he moves, he, he, he draws together with him some mighty men. Some mighty men who come to his side. And they're living in caves. They're living also all over the place. But then Samuel dies. And Samuel is his friend. But he's also like the, he's, he's a bit like a voice of God to him. Because he's the prophet. So he's been speaking into his life. He's been advising him. He's been counseling him. And then Samuel dies. And now we come to this little bit. Just before this chapter, there is uh, chapter 24, and in t 24, it seems that David, you, 
you remember this, Saul went into a cave, into the convenience, into the men's convenience. He went into the cave, and as he was there, uh, David saw him, and his men said, now's your chance, you can kill him. But you remember that he didn't do that. You see, because a king acts in a different way. All the time, David, so he's anointed and appointed, but he's acting in a different way to the way that is the natural way. All the time, he's acting and behaving as though he is the king already. Do you understand me? That's the difference between him and Saul. There is a difference between the way that they are behaving, the way that they're talking, the way that they're acting. Saul is the king, but he's not acting like a king or behaving like a king. David is appointed and anointed as that, not yet crowned. But he is acting and behaving as the king. So, that's the background. Um, So I want to read 25, and we just read a few verses. I don't know if you can put that up there. Okay, keep, keep that. I know, I know it's, it's warm and everything else, and you, you might have the desire just to fall asleep, but I'm telling you, this can, trans, this can transform your life. Honestly. This word I have been holding a long time, it can transform your life. So, it says, Then Samuel died, and, and the Israelites gathered together and lamented for him, and buried him at his home in Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Now there was a man in Mon whose business was in Carmel, and the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. Oh, that's weird, isn't it? He was of the house of Caleb. And what happens is that David sent some of his men uh, because he, he, he saw that there were shepherds around looking after the sheep. So he sent some of his men to protect the shepherds and the sheep in the fields. Of course, David is relentlessly pursued. There's all sorts of things going on. He's tired. He's weary. And actually, he needs some food. His men need some food. They need some drink. And he, this, this is the scenario. So this guy... Nabal, his name is stupid. No, really, that's his name. His name means stupid. Okay? And right now, there's a lot of stupid. There's a lot of stupid everywhere. Stupid's in the air. No, really, stupid is in the air right now. So this man's a businessman, he's very rich, he was harsh and evil in his doings, he was of the house of Caleb, something had happened. His inheritance was the house of Caleb, but something had happened on the inside of him. Because his inheritance, he was losing it. He had a, a fantastic, you remember Caleb, Joshua and Caleb, he had a fantastic inheritance, but he was losing it. Because there was something about his thoughts, something about his heart, something about the way that he was behaving that was actually doing something on the inside of him that he thought he could carry on doing as, forever. He just thought he could carry on stupid forever. That's what he thought. 
He thought, I've got my money, I've got my success, I've got my prosperity. I've made, I'm a self-made man. I've got my palace, I've got my wife, I've got all my workers, I've got everything I need. My name is stupid. His name was stupid, honestly. This man is so stupid, you can't actually believe how stupid he is. So anyway, it says that in verse 17, it says that he was foolish, but he was also known as a scoundrel. So you see, it wasn't just that his name was stupid, but actually because of what he'd been doing, he became known. So everybody knew that he was stupid. That's what they knew. He was a scoundrel. And someone who would not listen to anyone around him. That's what it says in verse 17. So if he got advice or counsel, he just wouldn't listen to it. So we get a little bit of a picture of who Nabal really was. And what was really going on in his life. He was living like a king. But he wasn't behaving like a king. He wasn't acting like a king. And he certainly didn't have the mentality or the heart of a king. So, um, Abigail, on the other hand, you know what Abigail means? Abigail means the father's joy. That's what the name means. The father's joy. So here we have the father's joy married to stupid. Now, probably the father's joy didn't realize that stupid was stupid when she first married him. Do you understand me? Because sometimes it's a, it's a shock for people as they go along that they realize that really... This person that they're living with. You see, you can, be, you can be foolish. Occasionally we're all foolish, aren't we? Occasionally we all get things wrong. Occasionally we make foolish mistakes. We can all say that, can't we? The problem is that if you're foolish and you carry on being foolish, you become a fool. And when you become a fool, something happens on the inside. And it begins to harden the heart. And Romans 1 says that it begins to seal the conscience. Now, of course, if you are stupid and you carry on in stupid, then actually you don't realize, because you're stupid, that your heart is getting hard and your conscience is getting seared. You just think you can carry on like this forever. This is what people think. They can carry on, carry on, carry on. But I want to tell you what happens. There's a boomerang effect, a boomerang effect with stupid. You understand me? Stupid sends out a boomerang. And goes, oh, I'm going to cut a few people down with this boomerang on the way. I don't mind. But the boomerang comes straight back and cuts him down. It's nothing to do with God. Please hear, my, please hear me. It's not God's heart. Do you understand me? God wants no man, no woman, no child to perish ever. This is the consequence of stupid. So what happens in this chapter is the consequence of stupid. Um. <clears throat> But the father's joy, she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful in appearance. And she's just about to tell us and show us what a priest really looks like. What a priest, and when I'm talking about a priest, I'm not talking about a priest like in the sense that we know a priest. I'm talking about a priest from heaven, a Melchizedekan priest, someone who is coming from a different place and bringing heaven to the earth. You understand me? Someone from a different order who comes and brings heaven to the earth, no matter what is the cost for them. 
Okay, did everyone hear that? No matter what is the cost for them. Because God, who is inside us, takes care of us. That's what a priest knows. That's what a king knows. That there's someone else taking care of them. So we, we trust God, don't we? So, now, <clears throat> David and his mighty men, the mighty men were out in the fields looking after the flocks and protecting them and all the rest of it. And then, David is hoping, he's hoping that somehow Nabal is going to see what they've done because they protected them rather than take anything, rather than steal anything, rather than take anything from the flocks. They're looking after the men in the fields. And David is weary, he's tired, he needs something to eat. And he sends his men and sends them to Nabal and says, look, uh, this is what we've done. Your men can attest to it. This is what we've done. Is Is there any chance that we could have some food? And Nabal turns around. You see, this is... This is when people get exposed. Nabal turns around and went, no, no, no. No, you're not, you're not having anything from me. How do I know who you are? You're just a commoner. You're just like everybody else. You, you're probably a thief and a scoundrel. I'm not going to give you anything. But of course, when he does this, he, he shows who he really is. His heart comes out of him. And his evil thoughts come out of him. And David thinks, so, so the men go back to David and they go, well, we don't know how to tell you this, David, but he's not going to give you anything. He's not going to give you anything, not a sausage, not a sandwich, nothing. You're going to get nothing from him. And you see, the problem was that this, this man, Nabal, had no ability to discern what he was looking at. He had no di- ability to discern who he was speaking to. He had, no di- he had no discernment at all when he looked at Nabal. When he looked at David, sorry, when Nabal looked at David. He had no discernment. It all disappeared. Well, he hadn't got any to start with, so he hadn't disappeared probably. He just didn't have any. So, David's response to his stupid was stupid you know his initial response okay so you have an initial response sometimes you have an original response actually your initial response should be the response of god you understand me if it ain't you're still not where you should be your initial response should be the response that god is if it ain't you still ain't transformed on the inside to the place that you should be just how it is huh but don't worry he's in us he's with us he's changing us transforming us but i tell you some of us have been walking an awful long time now been walking an awful long time with jesus haven't we so our responses our reactions should be a kingly a priestly response something that is more beautiful than normal shouldn't it David, of course, he's tired, he's weary, all all of those things. Not excuses, just reality. And David goes, okay, I'm telling you, we're not going to leave one man alive in his household. We're not going to leave one man alive in his household. We're going to go, we're going to kill them all, finish them off. If this is how he's going to treat us, 
You see, he was upset. You get, you get the picture. He was really upset. Now, Abigail, Abigail hears, the father's joy hears. Okay, so we're talking about kings and priests. Remember, the father's joy hears how David and his men have come to Nabal and what Nabal said in response. And she is completely different to her husband. Completely different. She realizes that Nabal has probably done something that's not quite right. Because all my life with him, he has been reacting and responding in this same way. She's lived with stupid the whole of her married life. She's had enough of stupid, but she's still with him because she knows that God deals with everything. That's what she knows. God himself deals with everything when you're a priest and a king. So anyway, um, she sees this. Let's just read these verses um, because this is beautiful. Um, verse 14, from verse 14. So David's girded his sword and he's got all his men. He's leaving a few at home or in the cave or wherever they are. And now he's taking his men and he's about to kill all the household. It says, now one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master and he reviled them. But the men were very good to us and we were not hurt. Nor did we miss anything as long as we accompanied them when we were in the fields. They were a wall to us both by night and day. All the time we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore, no one consider what you will do. For harm is determined against our master and against all his household. For he is such a scoundrel that one cannot speak to him. Okay. These are, these are big words, aren't they? The truth will out. Then Abigail made haste and took 200. Listen to this. This is, this is the grace of God in action. Do you understand me? Is this how you respond? Is this how you react? Huh? Do you get the old donkey out and go, okay, we're off to Morrison's. Let's go down to Sainsbury's. What can we do to bless? This is what. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread. Two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed. I love that one. Little shirt, tie on. <laughs> they were already dressed. They're ready to go. Five sairs of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Wow. And she said to her servants, go on before me. See, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. What, what does it say? She did not tell her husband, Nabal. Why? Because she is wise. She is so wise. Do you understand me? She is wise because she knows Nabal's reaction. She knows what he's going to be like. And she's going, I'm not going to tell him because he's a fool. And today he's made himself a big fool. And she said to her servants, go on before me, see, I'm coming after you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. So it was as she rode on the donkey that she went down under cover of the hill. And there were David and his men coming down toward her, and she met them. Now David had said, surely in vain I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him, 
and he has repaid my evil for good. May God do so and more also to the enemies of David if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. So this is serious stuff, isn't it? Real serious. He's not messing about. Now, when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David. Okay, I just want you to understand, this is what heaven does on the earth. Okay? This is how heaven is on the earth. This, right now. It says, she fell on her face before David. Why? Because she recognized, she discerned that there was something about David that was different. She discerned that there was something about him that was heavenly. There was something that was given of authority in God to David. She recognized the government. And she fell on her face. Because this is what priests do. When they recognize something that is from heaven. So Abigail fell on her face and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, Oh, on me, my Lord, let this iniquity be. Okay, of course, this is Old Testament and Jesus has taken all the iniquity. He's taken everything. Okay? But in the sense that we are like this, in the sense of, okay, Lord, even though it was not me personally, my fault, I am willing to absorb the anger the, and, the, and, and whatever's coming from David, I'm willing, I will lay my life down, I'm willing to absorb that, and the Holy Spirit is in us, isn't he? And I will give that to you, Father. Okay, you don't keep it. You don't keep it, you give it to him. This is why you've got to have a living relationship with him. You understand me? Because this is an interaction that goes on all the time. This. Huh? This is what happens. So she fell on her face, so she's humble. She recognizes the government. And then she said, let this iniquity be upon me. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. Please let not my Lord regard this scoundrel Nebel. Okay, okay. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Who's, who's speaking right now? Oh yeah, it's the wife of stupid. You understand me? Because the wife of stupid recognizes the reality that he has just caused on the earth. Another consequence of what has been going on for so many years, but now she realizes that this is really, really serious. And it could kill the whole household. And I'm pretty sure that she had no desire to say this about her husband. You understand me? This, the whole of her life, she was probably praying and saying to the Lord, Lord, please, you see what he's like, you know what he's like, please, can, can we have some kind of transformation? Anything that might change this situation. But of course now, it's all out. Stupid is stupid. So she says, let not my Lord regard this scoundrel Nabal, for as his name is, so he is. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. Okay, she couldn't have said it much more clear, could she? Woo. You see, these are moments of reality. This is, what, this is what priests from heaven do. They bring reality to the earth. And reality is painful. 
It's not all wonderful and no, no, it's painful because somehow the truth has to come out. And it will come out. So, now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from among, uh, uh, avenging yourself with your own, own hand, now then, let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as nable. And now, this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Man, she's so wise, this woman. Honestly, if we had a church that was as wise as this, we could change the future of everything. Honestly, this is incredible. So she says, um, now let that your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as neighbor. And now this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant. Wow. For the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house. Do you hear what she's doing now? She's so, so smart in Holy Ghost. Honestly. And this is Holy Ghost. This is not natural. It's not normal. Only for Holy Ghost and those people who know him. So... Please forgive the trespass of my maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord, and evil is not found in you throughout your days. Yet a man has risen to pursue you. Okay, she's not talking about her husband, she's talking about Saul. She knows what is going on in David's life. She's heard about how he is. She knows that he is the anointed, appointed king to come. And she's watched him and she knows how he's been reacting, how he's been responding. And that he has been acting like a king on the earth. Even though he's not yet crowned the king, he's been acting like that. There's a, there is no king who doesn't act like one. Do you understand me? It's all illusion. All of it's illusion. There's only one kind of king. And that's a heavenly one. It's a heavenly one. And so anyway, she goes on, please forgive the trespass. Oh, where were we? Yeah, a man has arisen to pursue you and seek your life, but the life of my Lord, listen to me, so, so good, shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. And the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. Do you see what just happened? Do you see what she did? She knew. So, so you've got to imagine he's angry. He's, got, he's going to rip up the household. He's going to tear it all down. He's fed up. She meets him. She humbles herself. She recognizes who he is. She then honors him and said, I've watched you through your life. I know who you are. Whatever you do, don't. Don't, by your own hand, respond to this fool. Do not do it. And then she reminds him of his victories. And not only reminds him of his victories and reminds him of who he is, but she, she also goes, he will take the sling. Do you remember, David, that you once had a sling that propelled you into your future, that downed a giant? He himself is going to take that sling and he will deal with stupid. You don't need to do anything, David. Nothing. 
Holy Ghost woman. Just Holy Ghost woman, honest to God. Those are the kind of women we want everywhere. Those are the kind of women that men really want. What is it that men really want? They want a woman that is full of Holy Ghost, full of wisdom, full of grace, who's the Father's joy. That's what they want. It's it's incredible. So he shall sling you out as from the pocket of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for my Lord, according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel, that this will be no grief to you. So in other words, if he, if he was going to respond the way that he was about to respond, she knew he'd be grieving for a long, long time. It'll be no offense to you because she knew in his heart there would be an offense. She is being a mediator between heaven and earth, on the earth. That's what she's doing right now. Now, when I looked at her, you see, and of course I've dissected it a little bit, but she wasn't dissecting anything at all. She wasn't thinking, oh, I need to do this. You understand me? She saw the situation, and from her heart, the father's joy went, this is what I need to do. Do you understand me? She didn't go, oh, I need to recognize, she didn't go, I need to humble myself, I need to recognize it. No, 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 no. It just flowed out of her heart. Because what's in your heart, what's in your heart is what takes you in life. The issues of life flow out of your heart. Everything's from your heart, from your spirit. So she, she is actually mediating for David before God. And she's mediating as well for her own husband, even though he has no idea about it. What an incredible woman. And it shall come to pass. Okay, I've done that. Um, Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice and blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. You see, he needed to be a king on the earth. Not one who was behaving like a king but was actually or wanted to be a king, but wasn't a real king. He wanted to be a king. And she did an incredible thing there. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, surely by morning light, no males would have been left to Nabal. Go in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. Okay. That's how it would be a priest on the earth. Okay? Don't, don't dare. Don't dare to talk about any leader, any priest, anyone else that you've ever seen if you're not living this way. Because you are a king and a priest. You are. Okay? So you can't afford to talk about anyone else because this is what you are meant to be living like. You, okay, I'm, I'm just giving you notice. This is what is happening right now on the earth in this time. You are a king and a priest. And you're of a different order. And it's as though the Spirit of God is looking across the face of the earth to find those. Well, he knows, doesn't he? But it's like the spotlight's on right now. Because this is what he needs on the earth. He doesn't need opinions. He doesn't need gossip. He needs people who are going to be like this 
So, let me just make sure that I am not going to So, she recognizes what he is dealing with. She shares in his memories and his pain. That's what she just did. You understand me? When she said those things, she was sharing in his memories and in his pain. She recognized what he was going through. She acknowledges what he is dealing with. She also reminds him how his life is wrapped up and bound in a bundle of the living of the Lord. She makes a beautiful picture. You know, um, then she reminds him of his glorious victories in the past. His sling that propelled him into his future and his destiny. Beautiful. And how it had downed a giant. And now she speaks hope and love. Now listen, verse 36, I'm going to put that up there. Verse 36 says this. Now Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was, holding a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. You see it? Like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. Therefore she told him nothing, little or much, until the morning light. She's so smart, isn't she, with God? She's just so smart. So it was in the morning when the wine had gone from Nabal and his wife had told him these things that his heart died within him and he became like a stone. In one moment, he became like a stone. You see, because as his name was, he was. And he'd been stupid all this time. He'd been doing the same things again and again and again and again. And he thought nothing of it. He didn't care who he was evil to, who he was harsh to, who he was speaking to. He had no discernment about the people in his life. He didn't know any of those things. He just carried on living his life. And he thought that he was a king. But he was no king. He was no king. And when he heard those words, something on the inside happened. You see, God didn't kill him. He killed himself. Literally, he killed himself. Because that is the consequence of stupid. And of course, in the coming days, you will see the consequence of stupid across the earth. I know I keep saying these things, but listen, you will. All over the earth, you are going to see the consequence of stupid. Because that stupid has been like a boomerang and he's coming right back. Do, do not say it is God that did it. No, no. It's not God that did it. It's the consequences of things that have been said and behaved and that have continued for a long, long, long time. And now... We're waking up and reality is coming. And reality is painful. And it's very costly. And the only way to live in reality is to live like Abigail. That's the only way to live. There is no other way. Do you understand me? This is the only way to be in the kingdom. This, right here. So, it says this. Then it happened after about 10 days that the Lord struck Nabal and he died. Okay. After 10 days, you, you realize 10 days is the day of test, is, is the amount of testing. It's, it's the number of testing. Maybe those 10 days, Nabal could have 
said sorry. Maybe he could have acknowledged something. Maybe he could have opened his mouth and said, Lord, forgive me for the things that I've done. Maybe he could have began a conversation with Jesus, but he didn't. So he died. And yes, of course, the writer says God struck Nabal. But to be honest, he were already dead. He were dead. His heart was stone. He was not moving. He was finished already. So, now listen to this, okay, because it gets bad. Oh boy, does it get bad. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, and he has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. Okay. The boomerang effect. Don't know that the Lord did it, it just happened, because that's the consequence of no end of sin. So, and David sent, listen to this, hang on, what? And David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. My Lord, hang on, hang on, shouldn't she grieve? Shouldn't she be grieving? Shouldn't she be mourning? No, listen, she'd grieved all her life. She'd been mourning all her life, do you understand that? She'd been living with stupid and lots of people have been living with stupid and are now realizing who stupid really is. And they're now going, no longer. We're not doing it any longer. And of course, God's going, I'm not doing it any longer. I'm not doing it any longer. So David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. And when the servants of David had come to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her saying, David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. He didn't even go himself. My Lord, what kind of proposal is that? Huh? Then she arose, bowed her face to the earth and said, Here is your maidservant, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. Jesus. No, did you hear it? Listen to me. This is not words. This is what it means to be a priest on the earth this is not words written in a book forget the words written in a book this is a real story this is real life wow I, I, it's incredible isn't it so Abigail rose in haste in haste and rode on a donkey attended by five of her maidens and she followed the messengers of David and became his wife in 12 days let's say 12. Abigail's life was completely different in 12 days. She'd lived with stupid far too long. And now she didn't even have to think about stupid anymore. And, and, and you just go, okay, this, the point of it is kings and priests. We are kings and priests. What does it mean to be a king and a priest? Do you understand me? Because here you say king and priest married that's what you see so when when you're asking okay what does it mean to be a king and priest like i did what does it mean i want a practical outworking of what it means to be a king and a priest that right there is the best illustration you can find it's absolutely beautiful that's what it means god has made us you to be a king and a priest huh you okay what are you going to do with that it's big, isn't it? 
Now just think about Charlie Boy, sorry Lord, Prince Charles, no, King Charles III. Think about King Charles III and all that you saw. Do you understand me that there was the songs of Zadok in that coronation? You know what that is, don't you? Zadok in the Bible always came to Israel at a time of great trouble. Great, at a time of great trouble. You see, we're in a time of great trouble. And when you sat there, if you did sit there and watch it and go, oh, ooh, isn't it wonderful, isn't it beautiful, isn't it, isn't it fantastic? Listen to me. God's going, yeah, but when are you going to rise up and be a king and a priest on the earth? When are you going to be? All that, all that stuff, yeah. Use it. By all means, use it. See it. But don't go, well, it's all over to Charlie Boy now. No, no, it's over to you. You're a king and a priest. You have far more authority, I'm telling you right now, than, Cha- than King Charles. You have far more authority and power. You come from another kingdom. You are a citizen of heaven, an ambassador of God Almighty, a new creation, and you have power and authority on the earth right now. That is the fact of your life. Whether you like it or not, and whether you think you can just carry on, just carry on like I've always carried on. No, you can't. No, you can't. You were a king and a priest. And now God is going, it's time for the kings and priests on the earth to rise up. And when I say rise up, because we, we always get this sense of I have to do something. No, what you have to do is know who God is on the inside of you. That's what you have to do. You have to sit and go, yes, Jesus, you are on the inside of me. Holy Ghost, you're on the inside of me. Father, you live inside of me. You have made your home in me. And I am a king and a priest on the earth. That is you right now. Truly. Truly. That's it, Naomi. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah. Really. Okay. Can you just play that song? I'd like to play, play a song. I'd like to say it's for you, but really it's for me. Because I just love the song. But you'll enjoy it as well. I'm sure. I'm sure you will. Um, 